to the house of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by a 120 power star rating. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and the doors, episode 257, are open. Hope you're going well. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Because uh, I'm on the beers, so I'm having a good day as well. It's been a it's been a big week, and especially since PAX Australia last week, you know, it's been it's been a bit to get back to work, get back to reality. Um, you know, get back to work. It's shearing season at the moment, so every day is a long day. But uh, I'm glad I could finish this one off with a beer. It's very nice to um, have a great Northern at the end of the day, sort of numb the pain a little bit and by numb the pain I don't mean mental pain look if, if you've got if you've got issues like that um see a therapist psychologist something like that but if you're just feeling a bit sore from a hard day's work have a beer have a have something nice have a milo some days I just like coming home having a nice milo a nice cup of milk um and yes I am an I am an adult I'm 29 years old who just does drink straight milk so don't let anybody tell you otherwise that that's a weird thing but that's just for kids i'm all about drinking the straight milk it's delicious and i've only broken my bone once and that was playing soccer so i might have broken it five times if i hadn't been drinking all that milk i'm just a big milk baby i'm just full of milk a big gut full of milk um but not today it's a little bit too hot for milk um but it is refreshing anyway i don't know where i'm getting at but the the the, beer, the beers are nice. It's not a furphy. I know I might have let some of you guys down. It is a great northern, but um, yeah, it's a it's a nice beer. Great northerns are you know pretty easy drinking beer, but uh, it's what the farmers gave us as well. So shout out to the farmers. Thanks for the great northerns. Cheers. So wherever you are, I uh, do a bit of a toast to you. Whether you're listening to this early in the morning, late at night, whatever. This is uh, the release day for Super Mario Wonder. What a absolutely exciting day today as it's been something we've been looking forward to for the last few months since the announcement of the game and uh, it's I guess it's Nintendo's second biggest release of the year I would say the biggest would have been Tears of the Kingdom that was the most anticipated game but a new 2D Mario really excited to get into it give it a go and um, play through it it's going to be so much fun to have it at home and play through all the levels by myself because I did get the opportunity to play it at PAX. So thank you very much to Nintendo Australia for actually participating in PAX this year. We're able to give it a go. So many people who went were able to get through the lines really quickly, only about a 20 minute wait and you're able to jump into the game. And I, I played it a couple of times. I lined up and I played it with a group of people who I wasn't familiar with, but we had a lot of fun anyway. And uh, it's just chaos, absolutely chaos playing it two player. But um, the opportunity, I actually got a chance to play it by myself as well, which was really cool because that's how I'm going to be playing it at home. <laughs> Except um, I might be trying to entertain my son on the weekend. Because <laughs> uh, with Tears of the Kingdom, um, I basically asked my mother-in-law, oh, can you look after Lucas? Uh, just for those who don't know, Lucas is my 19-month-old son. So I, um, you know, Zelda, Mike, it would be great if you could um, take him for, you know, five hours on a Saturday or a Sunday, whatever it was. And they gave me a good chance just to sit down and enjoy Zelda. But both the grandparents at the moment are actually away this weekend and uh, Chantel will be at work. So um, I'm going to try, I'm going to see if this work. This is going to work on the, on the Friday night or the Saturday morning or whatever um, when Lucas is eating his breakfast. Or something. I'm going to give him like a dummy controller with Yoshi and see if like he just, see if it works like um 
if he like just is entertained by moving the character left and right and I'll just move us on ahead and he can just be like a bubble and press buttons every now and again. The only thing is he, he really loves the menu button and the screenshot button. That's the only issue when it comes to giving him game controllers because uh, quite often in the lounge room we've got a PlayStation 5 controller just laying around. And that's fine. Give it a go, buddy. It's turned off. But he knows the he knows where the PlayStation button is. He knows where the where the menu button is. He knows where it all is. He doesn't just press X and leave the controller off. He knows how to turn it on. So it always uh, disturbs gameplay. So play, playing when he's around is you know not an option. But uh, Mario, it might be a suitable game to jump into. But it was actually really cool being able to play it at PAX. It was uh, it was a nice experience and being able to just feel how the game feels. I think that's one of the most important thing when it comes to like a 2D platformer and for Mario Wonder as well when we're actually looking at a brand new era for 2D Mario is super exciting like you think back to i guess when when 2D Mario was all the rage obviously the the last game on the Super Nintendo Super Mario World and that was what video games were at the time and that moved on to Super Mario 64 and that became sort of the thing and I think a lot of the gaming industry was like all right we've moved on 2D is old technology is left in the past and Nintendo and PlayStation and all the rest sort of ignored it and moved on um, but it wasn't really into New Super Mario Brothers where we were able to look back and bring those mechanics into a 2D game and at the time that was really exciting I remember being so excited for all of those mechanics the wall jumping the triple jump the ground stomp all of that in the 2D Mario game it was really cool but for the next decade that just continued the exact same thing with a couple of other bells and whistles New Super Mario Bros. Wii was multiplayer which was a great addition but then New Super Mario Brothers 2 for 3DS was just like collect as many coins as you can and you know it was fun but it was in the same same year, which I actually forgot about until recently. I'm like, that's the exact same year where they released another game in this in the series, New Super Mario Brothers U, which was the same thing. And so we've had like 10 years of the exact same thing when it came to 2D Mario. And since the launch of the Wii U, we haven't seen a brand new game. And I know for those of you who haven't been, you know, playing every game as it's released you might have played new super mario brothers u deluxe on switch recently you would have played a lot of uh super mario maker as well so you might not be aching for 2d mario but personally for me i'm feeling that itch to go back and play some games and i've always been dreaming of a mario game being reimagined quite like Rayman Legends or Rayman Origins, where it's just a beautiful handwritten, uh, not handwritten, hand-drawn art style, and it's just absolutely beautiful. So um, I'm really excited to jump into it and see what the game has to offer, see what all the hidden secrets are. The reviews have come out, they've been glowing, and it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So if you're listening to this while you're picking up the game or you're playing the game, hope you have a fantastic time. And uh, it's just a, you know, it's another great time to be a Nintendo fan. And Super Mario Bros. Wonder is kind of going to be the kickoff to all of that. It's going to be the kickoff to what's coming out for the rest of the year with Super Mario RPG, with WarioWare, uh, a lot of stuff to really sort of get our teeth into. And what a phenomenal year it has been for Nintendo. Just first party, let alone the third party content coming the Switch. And if you have a PlayStation or Xbox as well, just everything that's been going on elsewhere. It's been, uh, 
I've really got to look back at it and see whether it's going to be the best year in gaming. Like I hold 2017 at such a high regard and not only because of the games that were coming out, but because of like the, <laughs> just my favorite games, um, and just the amazing titles that came out, like just three that off the top of my head, just, you know, obviously Mario and Zelda, they were the biggest ones, but also like Gravity Rush. Gravity Rush was just like a niche little PlayStation Vita game and it got a full blown sequel on PlayStation 4. And I never dreamed of getting that game, but we got it and it was amazing and it's one of my favorite games of all time. Let alone Horizon and a bunch of other stuff that year. It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's been absolutely fantastic. So looking back on this year, I don't know if I have any games like that apart from Tears of the Kingdom that have just been like, whoa, holy crap, that's awesome. So, yeah, when we look back on it, I guess we'll figure it out. But I've been playing like a bunch of indie games and a bunch of other experiences this year, which I've really enjoyed. This has been one of my favorite years of, of gaming, not just for releases, but just for what I've been playing. It's um really cool. But as far as Mario Wonder goes, I'm really looking forward to just like going and seeing what the levels have to offer, but also that new badge mechanic. Um, I got to play around with that a little bit in the demo provider that packs Australia. And what you're able to do with those badges is going to completely change the game for speedrunners, Twitch streamers. It's going to be in interesting just from seeing people perform on live streams and YouTube content and stuff like that. But to play it as well, put your own little challenges out there and even badges that help you if you're not that good at the game as well. And um, it's going to be awesome because um, one of the badges I used, or I think it was like automatically set, was just using the um, R bumper to like put out your hat so you use it to glide down. So that was one of the badges. And um, that was probably one of my favorite ones. But there's like one that makes you go faster, which was going to be insane for speedrunners. What were some other ones? It was like um, the wall jump. When you do like a wall jump, you don't just go hop, hop. Like your second jump is like it kicks you off, which is really cool. And the challenges that actually allow you to get those badges as well. You do different challenges throughout the game that give you those badges if you're able to complete that particular challenge. Kind of reminds me a little bit of like um, the Kirby, Kirby games. Um, uh, Forgotten Lands. Forgotten Land. Forgot, uh, forgot the name of the game. I've been playing a bit of... Uh, deluxe recently so i was thinking about that but yeah it's sort of when you do little challenges but in kirby you don't really get anything you just get like um a bit of a check mark checked off but in mario you actually get like a badge that you can utilize in other levels so it's a uh, just great time to be a nintendo fan i can't wait to get into it it's gonna be a lot of fun but i must say i'm gonna get my phone up for this i gotta check out some of the reviews just some of the reviews that came out it was it's always interesting when it comes to like uh a Mario game or a Zelda game getting reviews. With Tears of the Kingdom, I'm like, if if it gets nines, in some ways it might be a little bit dis... Not, I don't know what I was trying to say. Dis I was going to say disembarrassing or something. That's not even the word, Drew. I haven't had that many beers. I've had like one in a neck of this uh, of this stubby. Um, so that's no excuse there. That's just, that's just my brain. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if Zelda got nines, for example... It um it would have been a bit disappointing. That would have been like, oh look, it's more Zelda. It's great, but um yeah, it's just it's more of what you expected from I guess a sequel to Tears of the King. Oh sorry, uh, Breath of the Wild. But Tears of the Kingdom just blew people away with how much better it was than Breath of the Wild, and people just did not expect how much um of an improvement that game would be. Myself included, I was just absolutely amazed with with the game and. It's just an absolutely phenomenal thing. So when it came out with 10, 10 out of 10s, it's like, awesome. Like, you know, it's it's done what it's needed to do. And um, it's 
a little bit expected in some ways. But when it came to like what the review scores will be for Mario, it was a little bit like, I wonder because, and that was not meant to be a pun, but I really do wonder what the reviews will be for a 2D Mario game. I've got sort of no expectations because we haven't really seen a brand new take on 2D Mario for like or the better the better half of 15 years going up to like you know yeah a long time like it would have been like you know obviously new super mario brothers i'd say ds and Wii. you should give them the respect they deserve they're good games they did new things at the time especially ds um but then it was a little you know you could tell that they just made a couple more for for the, the next lot of systems because why not they they sell a lot but there was no innovation when it came to 2D Mario. So when you're seeing what Mario Wonder is doing with everything, with the art style, with the different characters, with even just like the mechanic of the Wonder Seed and just going absolutely crazy with different mechanics and different levels. Um, it's like, are they going to really pull this off? Is it going to be a amazing game? Is it going to really impress Mario fans? Is it going to live up to Mario Odyssey, Mario Galaxy? Is it going to be the next Mario world? Is it going to be on that level? Or is it going to be an improvement from New Super Mario Bros. U, for example? Um, which, that is like the bare minimum, I, I would kind of expect at this point. Um, but it seems like it's getting very good reviews. Very good reviews. And even to the point where I, I kind of like... I kind of don't believe it, I, you know, because in some ways, like, I think sometimes Nintendo gets the benefit of the doubt, it gets a bit of a, not even a bump, but how can you review a Mario game and be like, oh, look, it's uh, anything less than an eight at some point, because they are great games, it's just you might be bored of them, you might be sick of them, you, they might not be your thing, they might be a little bit too simple if you're into, like, Baldur's Gate 3 or big, <laughs> big RPGs, it, it just might not be your cup of tea. But when the reviews come out for like, you know, 10 out of 10, I'm like, it makes me a little bit more skeptical. But, oh, I had it here, but a bunch of places have been given it like 10 out of 10. Um, and IGN and GameSpot have given it a 9 out of 10. So I can't say anything until I've actually played through the game myself. But 10 out of 10 to me is just like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a masterpiece. That's what IGN would classify it as. It's not a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination. Because um, no game is perfect. No, you know, art is perfect. It's just the eye of the beholder. So, you know, it's up to people to interpret that ever how they wish. But 10 out of 10, like, that leaves, like, no room for... <laughs> well, not necessarily. I was going to say it leaves no room for improvement. But, you know, you could say that with Breath of the Wild too, and that obviously left uh, room for improvement there. But it got 10 out of 10 from Eurogamer, uh, Metro, Daily Mirror... CG Magazine, VGC, we got this covered. Um, yeah, I don't know the other ones, so I won't say them. But plenty of places giving it 10 out of 10. And I'm, I'm, my source for this is uh, Stealth on Twitter, Stealth40k. So thank, thank you very much for that, Stealth. But then IGN, GameSpot, Destructoid, Checkpoint gave it a 9. And Dextro gave it an 8. And there's many more reviews, obviously, out there. And our friend over at Player2.net, Paul James, gave it a... A minus on their score as well. So, you know, take you back to school and sort of relive those memories. Um, but, 
yeah, it's um, I'm finding it a little bit hard to believe uh, it's that good. You know what I mean? Like I expect it to be awesome and fantastic, and I've said my praises here how much I'm looking forward to it. But like ten out of ten, this is like this is the new step for 2D Mario, and it's it lives up to the hype of uh, Super Mario World and Mario Brothers Three. Hmm. Don't know. Don't know about that. But that's what people are saying. And um, we will see if that lives up to the hype. Because for me, I just want like every level to be like just memorable and like the one to see it. And when I'm talking about it after a week or two, talking to some friends, be like, oh, do you remember this level where this one to see just did this to us and everything went crazy? Because, um, you know, in some ways, like, you know, Mario Galaxy and uh, Mario Odyssey do give you those moments where it's like, wow. Like every single world, like particular moons as well, where it just surprises you when you when you find them. So I hope we get those moments from from this game. So you might be able to tell me too. You might be listening to this uh, two hours into the game. So yes, it's very good, Drew. Very good. But um, it's going to be awesome too if you've got family um, with like young kids and that. I cannot wait to uh, see if my son can play it or just uh, see if it entertains him for ten minutes. That'll be that'll be a plus that'd be fantastic <laughs> it actually reminds me a little bit of detective pikachu return so let's talk a little bit about that so um i have not started the game yet i you know received the game from nintendo australia received the code from them while i was at pax so thank you very much to the team there but you know just being like busy at work and you know just getting back into the daily flow of uh, family and you know all that stuff um, even to the point where I'm recording this podcast out on the farm, because goodness gracious, if I try and do it in the house, that's uh, that's a tough that's a tough job. <laughs> that's hard. <laughs> so I'm out at the sh- on the sharing shed uh, platform at the moment. But um, I have not started Detective Pikachu yet. When I was staying in Melbourne, I shared a motel room with Josh, and he started playing the game as well. And I was just sitting there, sort of watching maybe five or ten minutes of it. And it looks really boring. I've got to admit, it looks so boring, I could not even start to think. With all the games available to me that I need to play for Game of the Year, or goodness gracious, at least just for a bit of fun, um, I couldn't bring myself to play it. <laughs> it looks so boring. And look, I, I think um, we, we sort of take for granted that you know Nintendo games, they are family games. They are games that... I can enjoy, that a 40-year-old can enjoy, but also like a three-year-old or a four-year-old, five-year-old can enjoy. They make family games for families that people can play together and people can share. That's why their games are so big, because their demographic just goes across everybody. Um, But Detective Pikachu, it's a kid's game. It's not a family game. It's a kid's game for kids. It's a story written for kids. It's gameplay written for kids. It's puzzles and sort of thinking logic that is made for kids, which is fine. And... For me, I cannot wait to play something like that with Lucas, where you know he's got the controller, or maybe I have the controller, and I'm like, oh, look, like, mate, where do you think this goes, or what do you think the answer for this is, and you know stuff like that. And he's like thinking about it, and he says, oh, dad, press, uh, press that one. Yeah, sure, mate. And it's just like a, a great look into the world of Pokemon for somebody who's uh, who's younger. So I cannot wait to play it, but I want my son to grow up a little bit. But I probably should play at least a little bit of it. This uh, this year, I don't know. That's the thing. If I if I if I leave it, I won't get back to it. <laughs> um, because yeah, honestly, I probably would prefer to play WarioWare or um, yeah, just any other Nintendo game apart from maybe Fire Emblem or something. I don't know if it would be that nerdy that young. You know, it's like 
they just play a strategy game. I'm like, my God, what have I bred? <laughs> I wasn't playing Fire Emblem when I was young. I was just, I was clicking away at Pokemon. I wasn't clicking away at Pokemon until I was nine years old. I was like, I was learning about the type disadvantages and advantages and what items were and hold items and natures, what they did to stats. And maybe a few years later, I'm like, what are these IVs, these independent values? I wasn't doing that. So that's not going to be a naturally bred into my son. And I'll tell you what, he's not getting it from my, my wife's side. I'll tell you what, he won't be interested in games whatsoever if he gets it from my wife's side. Let's hope he gets it from my side. So, <laughs> he loves Spider-Man though. He's a big Spider-Man fan. He likes me playing that. It's just uh, when he's punching the crap out of, <laughs> out of somebody. Don't know if you can watch that. Don't know if that's, uh, that's a good thing to show a kid. Probably not. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Detective Pikachu. Not on the list just yet, but will I get to it? I want to get to it. I do want to get to it. I was thinking about like what I'm going to play this week because I'm really not, I really wasn't sure what I should play. Um, I was, I'm so excited for Mario Wonder and Spider-Man 2. Oh God. My two most anticipated games this year, well, apart from Tears of the Kingdom, that was obviously the bigger one, but yeah, definitely some of my most anticipated games and they come out the same day. So I've pre-ordered Spider-Man, so I've got that downloaded. And, um, uh, yeah, I am, um, I'm, yeah, I'm hit up to uh, receive a code from Nintendo for Mario Wonder. So, yeah, once again, thank you very much to Nintendo Australia. So, yeah, I'll be downloading that. So, maybe, uh, don't know what I'll do first. I think I want to get through Mario Wonder, like, relatively briskly over the weekend, really experience it, have fun with it, and then go back and do these secrets and that, and then chip away at the story for Spider-Man over the course of a couple of weeks type of thing. I think that's how I want to tackle it, but pretty keen to uh, find out like what you guys are actually thinking of doing if you're playing both. If you're playing Spider-Man, Mario Wonder, are you going to chip away for a particular game? Are you going to smash through another one? Or are you playing something else? I'd love to hear in the YouTube comments over at youtube.com slash iDruby what, um, what you're thinking of playing. If you're going to play another game, goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. Don't miss out on those. They're going to be fun times. But maybe you just maybe you actually don't own a Switch or a PlayStation. You just have an Xbox and you're listening to this podcast for God knows what reason. Maybe you found it and you're just like, oh, this, look at this young man talking to himself um, in how to share and shed. I'll listen to this. Well, I'll say to you, you should play, uh, what can you play? Um, Forza Horizon. No, not Forza Horizon. Forza Motorsport. I got that downloading at the moment. That's on Game Pass. Really looking forward to playing that. Big, uh, big Forza fan, but I haven't really gotten to motorsport. It's been so long since the last one, so I've just been, yeah, just been playing a lot of Horizon, which is very good. But uh, anyway, don't have to cater to you Xbox people. We don't do that here. Well, we do actually. We do that a lot here. I've been playing a lot of Xbox, including some games that I've been playing as well. Actually, <laughs> a lot of a lot are on games Game Pass. So uh, I guess that moves us into. What do I call this? Uh, iDruby's 2023 Gaming Challenge. And this is where I'm aiming to beat as many games as I can in the year of 2023. Um, I did have a number in mind, but I don't think I'll hit that. But we're going pretty well. I think I'm at uh, 36 games completed. That's really good. That's really good for me. Good on you. Good on you, Drew. Pat on the back for Drew. Well done. <laughs> So the first game I want to talk about is Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. And I got this game when it came out in March. Well, actually, at the end of February. So the 28th of February it came out. Now I think about it because it came out the same day as Octopath Traveler 2 and uh, Dead Space. I think it was Dead Space. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Dead space. Yeah, don't have to remember those horrific memories. But uh, yeah, Kirby, I finally got through it. It was one of those games I was just chipping away at. But, um, you know, Kirby, is it is a relatively simple platformer game. So when I'm getting through it, it is, you know, pretty simple. So it just didn't hold my attention for over an hour. It was one of those things I pick up the Switch, do a level or two. But um, even though that it's not that long a game, it did take me forever at that rate. So I did have to put my foot down the accelerator just a little bit and uh, get through the game. And um, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. It's another game that I really enjoy playing with Lucas, playing with like my family, things like that. But, you know, for me at 29 years old, just chipping away by myself, I think there could be more fun and uh, enjoyment come from it if you are somebody with a family or maybe somebody who's a little bit younger. But ultimately, I really did enjoy it. I thought it was a great game, and I really enjoyed sort of um, the story. And I didn't play it originally on Wii. This was a game that came out on Wii. And I was surprised just um, that this isn't just a typical generic Kirby game. There's a lot of love, attention to detail in it. Just the levels, uh, they're actually quite long as well as you're getting through them. It take a little bit to get through each level, which I do really appreciate. The power-ups are great. I love like the brand new abilities added to it. Um, including like that sort of, uh, not like a, not like a mech from planet, maybe it was a mech from planet Robo, but I'm not quite sure, but there's like a mech power up and a bunch of other stuff, which I really enjoyed. And, um, there was a, a sort of a twist in the story. It actually caught me off guard. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, huh, there you go. So I don't want to say anymore. It's probably obvious if you point it out even a little bit, but there was a twist in the story. I'm like, huh, there you go. Didn't see that coming. So I really enjoyed that. And the epilogue as well. There's an epilogue added just for the deluxe um, version where you play as... Uh, I forgot the name of it. What's, it. what's his name? Mag... Magoli? I'm trying to like memorize the word, but I can't quite remember. But you play as um, one of the, I guess, the main characters that you don't have access to in the main game. And you're looking to get your powers back. And it's not like Kirby where he just sucks up things and gets his powers back. You've got to go and earn them from beating bosses. And I actually really enjoyed this mechanic as you're going through. It's only like a, it's about like a two-hour epilogue. And I actually kind of enjoyed just sort of the loop of doing the levels, getting currency, beating the bosses, being able to buy back your abilities. And as you go on as well, you can upgrade them so they get stronger and stronger. And by the end of the game, like you're just like, you've got your powers back, you're souped up and you're just destroying stuff. Because like originally you can't even jump, you're just like helpless. But as you go through, you've got like, you know, all these projectiles and everything it's uh it's really cool so i really do actually rate the game if you're in the mood for a, a 2d kirby if you really enjoyed forgotten land um i'd say give this a go because for me with a uh, kirby star allies in 2017 oh it started 2018 i gave that one a miss it looked like you know just another kirby game um looked a little bit boring in some ways and just like the 80 dollar price tag it was pretty easy for, for me to give it a miss but I do wonder if I missed something special there because this game was special and I do think this game looked a lot more appealing than Star Allies, but it was a great, great game to play through. So definitely give it a rate if um, you've got a new love of Kirby after last year. So give it a go. Give it a go. Um, next up is Beacon Pines. And I played this one on Xbox Game Pass. I played it on the ROG Ally as well as the Xbox Series S and X. So I jumped between like multiple consoles and I just got to say like the cloud save system on Xbox is just sublime. It works so well and uh, don't have to think about it, just loads it up. And uh, I remember like one night just shut off the Xbox and 
jumped straight on the rog and I just went to bed and just started playing it just from where I was. It was amazing. So big shout out to them. It's a, it's a big change if you're putting save files between uh, Nintendo Switch consoles. I'll tell you that. But uh, Beacon Pines, it was leaving Xbox Game Pass. So now that I've... Uh, now what I'm talking about this, it is not on Game Pass. And it's a shame because it's been on there for about a year, I believe. It came out late last year in September. So it's a perfect Game Pass game. It takes about, was it about eight hours to complete or something like that. And I had no idea what the game was, but it had a beautiful hand-drawn art style. I'm a big sucker for that. Big cute characters as well. Um, and I'm like, oh, I'll give this a go, especially, of course, on Game Pass. And... When I booted up the game, what else? Got Corels flying over. They're a bit loud. I'm recording the podcast here, guys. Otherwise, I'll have to get out and bloody shoot you off. Bloody hell. Um, yeah, so I had no idea what the game was about. And uh, I booted up the game, and I'm just sort of greeted with uh, just, like I said, just a beautiful art style. And um, what I was really surprised was was just how it automatically just sucked me. Well, actually... It didn't suck me in straight away. It took a little bit to get started, just like any narrative does. But essentially what you're doing in this game is it's a story-based game. You've got somebody who's reading a story, and you're going from page to page. And in this story, um, you can move around. You can explore the town of Beacon Pines, talking to different characters. And as the story progresses, you come uh, you come like against these different paths in the story. And it's not like your typical, like, oh, choose your own adventure, and at the end of the game, there's, like, five different endings you can get. There's, um, as you're doing different things in the world, you could be interacting with items, you could be talking to people, you could be doing certain actions, and you will get um, a certain word that you can use in your, I guess, your repertoire. And you'll have certain sort of choices to make, and you can use those words as you progress throughout the story. And what makes this super interesting, like I said, it doesn't change the story but if you go down a certain path um, of the of the narrative it'll get to a point where you get a word and then you can go back to this other point and um, use that word that you got through this other path to allow you to go down the other path of the narrative and it does that quite a few times and it's really interesting because this is a, a story that there is something afoot in Beacon Pines you and your friends basically try to uncover what's going on, what the mystery is, what's um, happening behind the scenes. And as you're exploring these different narrative paths, you're learning different things in each one. It never sort of repeats itself, which is really interesting. And, um, you know, a few hours into the game, I was really captivated. Like, all of these sort of different characters, how they interact with each other if different things happen. There's a, there's a certain point in the game at the very start, for example, where you go down a path, you're, you're going into this strange, this strange building, and um, because of the events that happened before, your friend cannot come with you because they basically get sent home, they get grounded. So you go by yourself. If you go by yourself, you end up, you know, you can get captured and you can, you know, you can, I guess, get a game over screen. But if you do that differently, you can have your friend go with you and then you get a different word that you can use back at that other point, and then that can take you on another journey and you learn more things about um, everything that's going on. So this was a, a fantastic game. It really sort of impressed me, and I, um, I'm really happy that I was able to play it before it left Game Pass. And I see that it goes on sale quite a bit on Switch as well. Um, at the time it was leaving Game Pass, it was like 50% off. It was $16 on the eShop. So definitely add it to your wish, wish list if you're into stories, if you're into stuff that's a little bit different, if you're into just 
games that have um, just really attention to detail on every sort of um, part of their narrative. It's uh, it was it was a great game. It really was. So give our Beacon Pines a, a look at because I heard a little bit about it like maybe late last year, and I think that was like the buzz because of it was on Game Pass. But as far as like the indie sort of I guess indie scene, I haven't heard about it all that much. So definitely give it a look at it. Was um it was awesome. What the hell's happened to you? <laughs> I think uh, I think on my phone I hit the microphone button, so it literally put everything I just said to text. <laughs> Interesting. And um, I guess on the other end of the spectrum, I played another game on uh, Xbox Game Pass called Bramble the Mountain King, and this was another game on Xbox Game Pass. I saw. I'm like, I got no idea what this game is, but I'll give it a go. And what's really cool about Xbox Xbox Game Pass for PC, if you click on the game, you go to the bottom. It actually has um, it has like how long to beat built into the um, app itself. So I went in there and I see that it was like a four-hour game. I'm like, beautiful, you know, a nice uh, narrative adventure. Looked at some screenshots, you know, there was a boy in a forest, there was gnomes, there was a bit of giggling going on. I could see some like scary giants that you come across. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm all about that. Um, it sort of gives a uh, little nightmares vibes a little bit um, in some of the in some of the scenes. So you know why not give it a go, give it a download. It's not that big a deal. Four hour game. I'll get that finished in a couple of sittings or maybe one big sitting if I feel that sadistic. Um, but this was a this was a tough one for me to play, and you know not only because of uh, maybe my enjoyment of the game, maybe not just because of some of the mechanics that it throws at you. And they're a little bit, mm, a little bit iffy, but also just the subject matter of this game. And I will go into it. It is very dark. Um, I can't, I, I can't really say anything that's uh, much darker, really, um, than what the subject matter of one particular part of this game was. But you're a little boy. You wake up. Your sister's gone. So you go out the window. You go into the forest. You go into the forest that your mother tells you never ever to go in, but you do it anyway, and. It's very much just like you're controlling a, a little boy in an isometric view. Very beautiful game, very nice graphics. And um, looking at the summary of the game, if you go on to the eShop or anything like that, that's one of the marketing points. It was like, oh, beautiful 3D graphics. I'm like, it's a very nice looking game, but you know, you compare it to, you know, AAA, or not, not even a AAA game, but you compare it to some other games that might not hold up that well. But the environments, yes, they do look very nice. Like I said, I played on the Rogger Ally for the most part, so I can't talk exactly to what it looks like on Switch. Um, I, I would assume it doesn't look quite as nice. <laughs> but uh, you go into the forest, you're doing little puzzles here and there. You have this um, basic ability you find early in the game where it's like a glowing orb. You can use it to throw, to interact with items in the distance, which is pretty interesting. That opens up some different mechanics for um, doing different puzzles, interacting with enemies, all of that type of stuff. But for the most part, you're doing stealth, you're avoiding enemies, you're running away, um, you're doing all of that. So to start off with, I was enjoying the game quite a lot, just you know going through, coming across different areas. And uh, in my first sitting, I came across this little town with a bunch of gnomes, and they're all giggling, they sound like little children. I'm like, this is, it's kind of creepy, but it's, um, it's also... <laughs> a little bit unsettling and I think that's what that's what they're going for and um, I was I was quite enjoying it and then you come across like this big giant and um, he, he's 
you know, he basically like, if you get caught by him, he like eats you. Like, you know, he just bites you in half. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's a, that's a, that's a death scene. So a lot of these monsters, which I, I went and had a look at afterwards. I'm like, what, what is this game? So, because <laughs> I literally had no idea what the game was about. I went and had a look at it after. And the game is based on Nordic sort of monsters and all of that, which is pretty interesting. And what I, uh, what I liked the most about this game is you come across like this big monster. So you come across, for example, this, this disgusting swamp monster and he's sitting in the middle of the lake and you can see him out in the distance and your character's up close to the screen. And what actually happens, he does like a big strum on his like ukulele and it sends out a shockwave. If you get hit by that shockwave, it, it kills you. It like kills you. <laughs> it like kills you. It really kills you. And I'm like, that's, in- that's interesting. Like what what is that? What is he doing here? And you complete the sequence. He sees you, you, you know, you run away from him and you get back to a safe area. And when you get back to that safe area, there's like, there's a book. So there's like books for the collectibles in the game. And when you get, uh, get there, you can actually read the story, all the backstory of this, this monster. And for this particular monster, it was this musician who was bullied in his village and he wanted revenge on people. So he basically played his ukulele or guitar or I think it was a ukulele played it and made people dance until you know until they wore down their feet to their ankles and they died and then he ran away and lived in the swamp forever I don't know it's a, it a really strange sadistic story this is what this game is just full of I'm like that is re- actually really creepy and really interesting so that was one of my favorite parts of the game is getting like the backstory for these really disgusting monsters but the subject matter of one particular area is one that got me um, hit, hit way too close to home. And um, yeah, I, I was just not expecting it. And it wasn't until afterwards, I'm like, what's this game rated? And I went out look. It's like, it's, it's a hard R. It's a hard R, um, <laughs> 18 plus. <laughs> maybe, maybe it should be 29 plus. Maybe I shouldn't be playing it either. But get to this swamp and you can hear like babies crying. Like, what, what's going on here? And like there's there's this witch who's like running away from you, and you and you you know you're jumping over these boards over the water. You get to this house that's lit up in the background, and you're like, oh god, I don't want to go in there. But the game is uh you know basically saying to make progress, you've got to go in there. So you go through the door, you do a bit of a puzzle, unlock a door, and uh, you can see like this witch, um, doing this, I guess, uh, sacrificing like a a young infant baby and uh, I'm like what the fuck have I got what am I, what am I playing like I had no idea what I was going to go to this point I'm like Jesus Christ because I'm just sitting in bed and I'm, I've got the rog ally and the volumes on you just hear like this you know baby's crying and Chantel's next to me in bed she's like what the hell are you doing I'm like I don't know <laughs> and um yeah, there's, uh, there's some scenes there that were a little bit too much for me. And like, there's a boss fight there where you like, you verse like a midwife who's, you know, been sacrificing kids. And then after that boss fight, you just find, you just find a dead baby. And then like, it's, your protagonist is a, a young boy and he just picks it up and hugs it and cries. I'm like, what the fuck? I've never played a game so fucked up in my life. Like, seriously, I'm a Nintendo podcaster. I play Nintendo games. I'm like, oh, Fire Emblem and Oz. You know, there was moments in Zelda Tears of the Kingdom that really <laughs> stuck, stuck at my heartstrings. I'm like, I'm playing a game here that's 
killing kids. Oh, Jesus Christ. So yeah, that honestly that was that was a little bit too much for me. I got to admit, like you know, especially like having a, a a kid pretty much that age, if not like a little bit older now. Um, yeah, that was way too much. I cried. <laughs> that sucked. And uh, I played it like pretty much because I haven't recorded the show in a while. I played that not long after I finished Dead Space. So I'm playing Dead Space. I hate this. I hate, I hate getting screamed at, but I'm playing this other game where babies are getting sacrificed. I'm like, what, what am I doing? So in other words, yes, I need Mario Wonder to <laughs> give me a cleanse. <laughs> Play some Mario and Spider-Man. What could go wrong? If, if, if I get to the end of Mario and, uh, I don't know, baby Mario has to be sacrificed or something, I'm like, Jesus Christ. What's going on with video games these days? So, we beat it though. We beat it though. But um, that subject matter wasn't... So, th that made me sad. But uh, I also got very frustrated because about halfway through the game, they try to add in, like, boss fights to the game. And typically, before it's like doing stealth, it's running away, it's doing puzzles. But then halfway, you're versing like this... Uh, I forgot, forgot exactly what she was, but she was basically this mis mysterious w woman who lures men out. She's beautiful, whatever. She lures men out. She she kills them and then she uses them as a power source. So yeah, that's you know that's that's pretty messed up. But then you've got to like fight her, and they've got to like hide behind trees, and then you've got to use that orb which I mentioned earlier to like hit certain things on trees, and they um, hit her, and it's like a whole boss sequence. You got to you run up to her and. And then, like, do the final blow on the back. Like, there's three different phases of the boss. And the mechanics just really do not hold up. And the final boss as well, which I, I won't spoil if you do plan on playing the game. If you love uh, some uh, sacrificial baby uh, simulators. But, yeah, the mechanics just do not hold up for that type of thing. It worked great for the puzzles, for the stealth. But uh, did not hold up for uh, that aspect. So, yeah, that's Bramble the Mountain King. Um, you can play it on Switch. I played it through Game Pass. If you want to give it a go, give it a go, go on Game Pass if you have one of those systems. If you don't, don't know. Play Mario Wonder. <laughs> oh, cross! I just yeah, I'm just shaking my head. Like, what am I doing? And my biggest mistake too was like telling Chantel. <laughs> I had to get off my chest what what was happening in this video game I was playing on my handheld. And she was like, "Oh my god, what's wrong with you?" I'm like, "I don't know." I don't think anything's wrong with me in that fact. I don't. I did enjoy it, but some people, some some of you guys might be a lot more into horror than I am. I just was not into horror. It's not my cup of tea. It's just, uh, it's not what I'm about. So, it is what it is. But um, that pretty pretty much brings us to the end of the show. I just want to go through a bit of a guru geek out this week, just to you know give a bit of a tribute to my late friend Bobby Paul's a Nintendo guru, and just give a shout out to my good friend Wacko Jacko. It was his birthday this week, and I just want to say happy birthday, mate, and I appreciate everything you do here at the House of Mario, just uh, in the Discord, having a bit of a chat and, um, you know, supporting the show over the last few years, so thank you very much. Hope you had a great day with you and the young one and the, and the missus. Hope it was a fantastic day, and um, it was a good one. And uh, you can go and check out Wacko Jacko's content as well. He's got a YouTube channel, all of that, his own podcast, was at The Average Blokes. <laughs> yeah, you're above average, mate. You're all right, mate. You're blub, blub average. Blub. See, the thing is, I, I accidentally said a blub, but then I went to like just make a joke of it, and I just said a blub again. So it just sounds like I've just uh, fucked it up twice. So I don't know if that's what I was going for, but I, I was, uh, that's what I was going for. But, um, yeah. 
I think uh, the day has gotten to me. The heat's gotten to me. Maybe the beer's got me to, to me as well. I don't know. But everybody, thank you very much for listening to The House of Mario, episode 257. If you enjoy the show, go and check it out on podcast services and YouTube, all of that fun stuff. And I really do appreciate your time here. It means a lot to me. I love doing the podcast. And uh, maybe going forward, I'll try and hit weekly, but it might be going fortnightly as well. Just giving a bit of a warning for you guys who are you know, supporters of the show, who do listen. Um, might be going fortnightly just for the fact of um, me being able to fit it in. But hopefully I have a lot more opportunities like this. I always sort of carry my backpack and the camera with me so I can do it if I have an hour here or there. Um, so hopefully that will work out over the next couple of weeks. But we're only like two weeks into shearing and I'm already like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> I need a rest. I need a holiday. Take me away. Um, nah. Can't have a holiday yet. Going to earn the money to have the holiday. It's chicken and egg, isn't it? Chicken and the egg. But until next time, the doors to the house of Mario, they're closed. I'll catch you later. The House of Mario, a Nintendo podcast, is recorded in the southeast of South Australia. It is produced by me, Drew Agnew, and is supported by my kind and generous housemates at patreon.com slash idruby. Call in for my behind-the-scenes podcast, Secret Recordings, and Heaps Good, the South Aussie take on a conversational show with my good friend Josh of Nintendvania. A huge shout-out to the legends who support me at the iDruby Patreon mega-feed tier or higher on Patreon, including Brendan Myers, Oliver Chaston, Samuel Hay, DJ, and Lemonade. Let's continue to make passionate Nintendo content as we climb the stairs to 300. Thank you.